Hello and welcome to the First Baptist Church of LaGrange. What an honor it is to have you listening to our church broadcast today. We hope that as you listen along, following in your Bible, that you experience the grace and presence of Christ just as strongly as we do every Sunday in our worship service. May God truly bless you as you listen. I want to remind you just of what just happened. We just heard that the Lord wants to bless us and make His face shine upon us. That's what He wants. And to bless our children's children's children. That's a pretty good deal, right? And then somebody says, well, why do we keep saying amen? Well, in the Hebrew, the word amen means may it be so. And so we're declaring to our hearts, it's hard for us to believe that God really is for us. We need to hear that. May it be so, God. May it be so. May it be so that this is what you would do. We're pleading with him. May this be what happens in our lives that we receive your blessing. Just want you to know why we do what we do. If you are watching by way of internet today, I mean, I want to welcome you. Just thank you for for watching us and joining us. I'd love to meet you or have interaction with you. If you are driving down the road right now and uh, you're wondering who this guy is, listen, jump online, send us a message. I'd love to do lunch with you one time when you're passing through, Uh, but welcome to all of you as well. I want you to know that we're in this series based really on the one another passages in the New Testament. Kind of our goal is that we pray that the Lord would bless us afresh with love for him and then love for other people. We've been saying so far that we all need God and we all need one another. We all need God. Why? Because we are fallen. In other words, we are sinners. The Bible says in Romans 23 that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the grace of God. So thereby, we need Jesus. We need a Savior. So we need God's salvation through Christ. But then... The Bible says in Genesis 2.18 that it was not good for man to be what? Alone. So therefore, God created Eve and the family and marriage to remove our aloneness. So we need Jesus for our salvation and we need each other to remove aloneness. I want you to know that based on Philippians 4.19, kind of where we started is that we see that we we all have needs. God in Philippians 4.19 says that my God shall meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. Therefore, we've concluded that we have to have needs or else God wouldn't say he would meet them. (laughs) But Then we learn that God is a need-meeting God and God meets those needs usually through relationships. We've looked at two of the ways, just by way of review, two of the ways that God removes our aloneness through these one another's. We talked, first of all, about approval. And then we moved in last week on the need of appreciation. This morning, we will be looking at yet another one of those needs. I want you to know that we all have these relational needs, regardless of your age, regardless of your generation, your season of life, even your spiritual walk with God, you're going to have these needs. I'm here today to tell you that we all need acceptance. We all need affection. We need appreciation, approval, attention, comfort, encouragement, respect, security, and support. We all need those at various times in our life. Some of them jump to the, 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 to the front in our lives. Sometimes you may be going through a season where you need more security or comfort than you do at other times, but you're going to need them because these are the one another's of Scripture. So God could have made you and I, just so you know this to be true, He could have made you and I not to need anyone. 
He could have made us self-sufficient in ourselves, but he didn't. He created us with needs. And so then, therefore, how does this reality impact our relationship with God? Well, then it leads us to a deepening dependence on and relationship with him. How does this idea of knowing that we have needs then impact the relationship that we have with one another? Well, it leads us to have deeper involvement in each other's life so that we don't leave each other alone. So listen, here's said differently. God has created you and me to need both him and one another. Too many times in the Christian life, you've heard this, all you need is Jesus. If you're talking about salvation, I would agree wholeheartedly. All you need is Jesus for salvation. But all you need is Jesus isn't going to cut it because he created the church. You need Jesus for salvation, yes, but you need each other because we are alone. Don't forget that. So those people who say, well, you know, I just need Jesus. I'm just going to worship in my home. I don't need the church. Wrong answer. Because you weren't meant to grow yourself by yourself. You need the local body of Christ, and we need each other. So this is why Jesus gives us the great commandment, right? To, to love the Lord with all our heart, and then to love our neighbor as ourselves. There it is. It's both God and each other. You, you've heard of these needs. You, you're thinking, Steve, what are you doing? Where's this stuff coming from? Well, you've heard about it, right? Romans 15, 7 says, accept one another as you've been accepted by Christ. That's the need of acceptance. Greet one another with a holy kiss. That's the need of affection in Romans 16, 16. I, I praise you for remembering me in everything. 1 Corinthians eleven two points to the need of appreciation. Building up one another in Ephesians 49 points to the fact that we've got to give each other approval and blessing. But the members of the body may have the same care for one another. That points to our relational need that somebody's paying attention to your need and to care for you. This morning, we're going to look at one more of those, and this morning, we'll be looking at the relational need of encouragement. You probably knew that was coming. <laughs> so let's turn to God's Word in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. We'll be there for a few moments, and then we're going to jump somewhere else. Now, typically, it's at this point that I have you stand for the reading of God's Word, and so because you don't think that we're just, that's a ritual we do, I'm kind of refraining from that just for a moment, but here's what I would rather you do. I want you to tell your mind and your heart right now that God's about to speak. See, there's something special when God speaks, amen? And I just don't want us to, we just sung about God being holy. I just don't want us to run into, say, okay, well, now we get to read the Bible part. No, this is a very holy God going to speak through his word. And if you don't pay attention to anything else, just pay attention because the Lord is going to speak right now. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11, it says some interesting things, but it says this. Therefore, what is that next word? Okay, so therefore encourage, but we're in a one another series. So encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. So that would seem strange if we just ripped that right out of its context. We could make it say anything we wanted to. But we're not that kind of a church, so we're going to put it in its context. So then I want you to look there, verses 1 through 3 with me. He says, Now as to the times and epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know fully well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in a night. 
while they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. Now, you don't need me to tell you about what's going on in our culture. But our culture right now is just saying, hey, peace and safety, it's just all going to be all right, and, and it's all good. Let's just do what we want to do, man. This is the most blessed nation there is. Let's just party and, like it's 19, no, like it's 2,099. But God says, man, his day is coming. So the Paul, Paul is saying, listen, church, you've got to stay awake for this day of the Lord. It's coming like a thief in the night. It's going to come. Then he picks up in verse 4 and he says this. He says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day would overtake you like a thief. For you're all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep, do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we are the day, let us be what? Having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. That sounds similar to Ephesians 6. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. Therefore, based on that, Encourage one another and build one another up just as you're also doing. To be sober-minded means to be alert, to live with your eyes open, to be sane, to be steady. To make the contrast more vivid, Paul pictures two groups of people. One was a, one were drinking and then they were sleeping, while others are what? Sober-minded and they are awake. Danger was coming, but the drunken sleepers were unaware of it. But the alert crowd was aware and they were unafraid. And because that day is approaching, we have to stay awake. We have to stay alert. We have to stay holy before the Lord. So he says, therefore, encourage one another. The day of the Lord is that time when God will judge the world and punish the nations. At the same time, God will prepare Israel for the return of Jesus to the earth to establish his kingdom. We know about these things. It's the time of Jacob's trouble. It's the tribulation, or it's, it's vividly describes all these things. This is this day of the Lord when Jesus returns, and it's just crazy cool what's going to happen. But during this process, when the world is falling apart morally, would you agree with me on that? It's not just America. Have you noticed that the world is falling apart morally? Have y'all, has anybody in the room agree with me on that? Just, by show of hands, anybody agree with that? Or, Okay, you make me feel better because sometimes people just think, well, that's what preachers think. Y'all just bad-mouthing everybody. No, I think we've lost our morals. The world is falling apart spiritually. Would you agree with that too? Here's something else. Do you believe that the world's falling apart financially? Yeah. (laughs) Paul says in the midst of all that, we are to be the ones doing what? We're the ones that are supposed to be encouraging one another. You may not know this, but that word there, encourage, is, is almost the same word as the word for the Holy Spirit. It, it comes from the same just root, this word parakaleo, that you've heard before, the, the, the Holy Spirit is the paraclete. Well, this is parakaleo. It means, para means to come alongside of, and, and kaleo is to be called, to be called alongside of. So, so this word means to comfort, to exhort, to urge, to, to come alongside, to help, to reassure, to inspire with courage or hope, to attempt to persuade someone to keep going on. 
So in light of such hope, we're to encourage one another and build one another up, helping each other stay true. Believers should encourage and build one another up in our faith because one day Jesus is coming back. So why would it be important to encourage one another? You probably have your answers. But here's the most simple answer is because we will be discouraged at times. <laughs> you become discouraged. So the word dis means without, without courage. That's why we have to do in courage. We have to put courage in people because sometimes they're dissed or without it. So we have to put courage in. Sometimes we don't have courage and we don't have confidence. Sometimes we go through times of life where we don't sense that we have the favor of God or favor with people. We feel like that we're alone in battles. We're, we're sometimes we're just, we just feel like we're constantly losing, that we're not gaining any progress. We're, we've lost heart in something. Just maybe... If you want to volunteer this, you can. But is there anybody in the room today that within the past month has been discouraged? Okay, I've got four or five people. Okay, now, oh, it's, it's, yeah. Because the Lord sees and he knows that you're lying. If you haven't raised your hand, man, you're just not living on the same planet I am. Every time you turn on the news, you probably get discouraged. Amen? Every time you go to work, somebody does something that you don't like and it discourages you. Sales aren't right. Hiring isn't right. Whatever's going on. And, and, and so I just want to do this. I just want to tell you that I've come to give you some encouragement. We see this idea in Hebrews 10, chapter, 24, uh, chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. You look up here on the screen. It's kind of behind me. It says this, And let us consider how to stimulate one another to loving good deeds. We could just stop right there, couldn't we? A lot of people are stimulating people to do stuff today. I don't know if it's love and good deeds, though. And then he says, not forsaking our own assembling together as the habit of some. So, again, the idea that you need the body of Christ is important. But encouraging one another all the more as you see that day. There it is again, drawing near. So, if encouragement is one of your top needs right now, like you just feel like you need some encouragement, it's going to feel good to you when others are cheering you on. You might feel especially encouraged when somebody calls to inspire you on a big day or they give you a note expressing their belief in you. You might feel encouraged when a friend or a loved one sends you a text that says you can do it. Or if you like encouragement, you like these words, hey, I believe in you, I know you can make it, don't give up, keep at it, you've got this. Well, let's go deeper into what it means to receive and give encouragement by considering something that Jesus said in Matthew 10.8. Jesus, at the end of Matthew, the end of verse 8 in chapter 10, he says this, he says, freely you have received, therefore freely give. So I just want to introduce you this first principle about encouragement. Freely receive encouragement from the Lord. Freely, freely receive it. Here is the reality. You cannot give what you've never received. A lot of times the reason people can't give encouragement is because they haven't received encouragement. And so if no one else is going to encourage you, I want you to know the day that the Lord wants to encourage you so that then you can go give courage, encouragement to others. The only way you can freely give encouragement is to freely receive it. 
The good news is the Lord wants to meet this need of encouragement in your life. So think about it with me already. If you are a believer in the room today, and if you're not, pay attention to this, because this is how the Lord could encourage you. But he's given you the provision of salvation. Think about what an encouragement that is. <laughs> he's giving you, in 1 Thessalonians 5, there you are, verses 9 and 10, it says this, For God has not destined us to wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus. That's crazy. If that doesn't encourage you today, listen to me. If you do not believe in the Lord Jesus, or if you do, the Lord somehow has said he doesn't desire or hasn't destined you, that is in his heart, that he wants you to experience his wrath. That, that ought to be encouraging to you. That ought to just bless your heart. That, that, if you were good church-going people, you would say amen right there. But, you know, maybe you're not. I don't know. I mean, that, that just fires me up. It's so funny how the church works. <laughs> you teach a truth and they're just, it just goes over their head, but yet it's just okay. Are y'all all right that Jesus has provided salvation for us? Is that not a good word? Yeah. Hey, thank you. We just can't let that pass by. That's good. How about this? The presence of his Holy Spirit. We've been singing about that this morning. Amen. Jesus said over in John chapter 14, listen to these encouraging words. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you for how long? That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not know him or see him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be where? In you. What? I get the Holy Spirit of God to just take up residence in me? That's got to be encouraging. The promises of Scripture, we have those. That's a good thing. There's promises in the Word. Amen? Y'all believe the promises? Well, let me, let me show you one real quickly. Joshua 23, 14. Now behold, today I'm going the way of all the earth, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls. <laughs> Don't miss that. You know that in all your heart and in all your soul, what, what do we know? That not one word of all the good words with the Lord your God spoke concerning you has what? <laughs> All have been fulfilled for you. Not one of them has, been, has failed. Has the word of God ever failed? Is the promise that he's given to you, is it going to come true? Yes. Amen. That's got to be encouraging. That has to be. 2 Peter 1.4 says this, For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent, what church? so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. This is good. He's given us not just precious promises, but precious and magnificent promises. Can I just mm, encourage you? I have a Bible at home that I read devotionally. I've got several of them, but, but every single day when I'm in the Word of God and God speaks a promise to me, I write over in the margin the day and what was going on in my life and what it concerns with. And as I'm reading through the Bible every year, I come across those and I see that God has kept his word to me. And it encourages me that he who was faithful then will be faithful in the future. It shows me that not a single one of his, his promises to me has ever become broken. 
And then I can praise him and it encourages me. The more I see that God answers, the more I'm convinced that he will continue to answer. So keep a spiritual journal. I just keep mine in my Bible, but a lot of people have books and notebooks in your phone and notes. Keep a journal of what God is doing. He's given you promises to encourage you. How about this? The, last, the next last one is prayers that are answered. We get great encouragement when we say to the Lord, Lord, you heard my cry and you answered me. Has anybody in the room ever had God answer a prayer? Okay. Has anybody in the room ever had God answer more than one prayer? Let's just do this. Has anybody in the room had God answer more than 10 prayers? All right, well, let's just keep going. No, I'm just teasing. You get the point. God answers prayer. That has to be encouraging to you that Jeremiah 33.3 is still true. Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. That is a good, good word. I just want you to know, guys, that this week, man, as I was preparing this word, the Lord was doing this thing in my heart. And this week he gave me some opportunities to be encouraged by him. This week, I already shared one of them with you, uh, but this week, man, I was over in, in John chapter 15, and Jesus just stepped into the room right there and said, Steve, I want to let you know that I'm going to reveal things to you about me. What? And then he took me back over to Abraham, and he says, hey, you know, Steve, I called Abraham a friend of God. And what do friends do with friends? They tell each other stuff. And Jesus said, see, Steve, I no longer call you servant, but I call you my friend. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you stuff. Well, little did I know that a few days later, I would be in a situation where I was just completely overwhelmed, not knowing what to do, as I mentioned earlier. So then Jesus shows up in John chapter 17 and says, guess what, Steve? I'm going to reveal things to you because I love you. And it's deeply encouraging to me. This morning, about 7.40, I was in the Bible, and Jesus said, Steve, I've got you, and I'm going to show you great things about me. Deeply encouraging to me. Deeply encouraging to me. This week, just because the Lord was encouraging me, I was able to encourage a staff member going through an incredibly difficult time. My daughter has a health crisis. I was able to speak to her. One of my daughters is suffering from postpartum depression. I'm able to encourage her. My other daughter, who's been struggling to find a job, got a new job this week. It's pretty stinking cool. A part of our body had surgery, and I watched them have surgery, and then the next day they just walked right out of the hospital. It was cool to be there to encourage them that you can get through this surgery. They were super nervous about it, but yet they went through it. I was up in Cedar Park training some business leaders who were just new to management and were so fearful that they couldn't manage well, but the Lord used me to speak into the life. My grandson went catfishing, man, and praised God for Ray and, and opened up his pond, but man, he was scared to hold this big old catfish and we just encouraged him and he picked that sucker up and he's like, yeah, it was awesome. But then, you know, man, I, the Lord just, I'm telling you, I was in my prayer time on, on Wednesday morning just praying. The Lord said, Steve, this person needs you to encourage them. So I send them this text message just encouraging them. And then I find out like 30 minutes later they had just fallen and broken their arm. Oh, praise God. 
But that's, see, it's because the Lord had encouraged me. Right? So, so maybe as we go into this moment, and there's going to be some reflection music playing, just for you to kind of steal your heart. I want to take you to Luke chapter 5 just for a moment. And I want you to experience some encouragement for the Lord this morning. I want you to just kind of hear this and think with me through this text and see what's there relationally. But in Luke chapter 5, the Bible says these words beginning in verse 4. It says, when he had finished speaking, Jesus said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now watch this. Here's the discouraging part. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. You ever been there? You ever been through a season in your life where you've just worked all you can and feel like you've gotten nowhere? I've been there. guys I'm telling you man right now there as a parent that's where I feel right now it's like after all this investment you're telling me that that we've just really gotten nowhere you've you been there your parents anybody parents in the room know the know that kind of pain maybe it's your marriage today you're like man we've been married for 18 years and, and we've just been trying but we just got nowhere We've worked hard all night and we've caught nothing. Peter is deeply discouraged, but but watch what happens. But I will do as you say. Here's where the good stuff starts happening. I will do as you say and let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. <laughs> this is awesome. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats and they began to sink. This is crazy. This is a big fishing trip. But when Simon Peter saw, when he saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Lord, go away from me for I'm a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all of his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. To kind of stop right there to just say this do you see what the lord did peter i know i see peter just do what i say and peter did it and what the lord do he encouraged him like he was amazed at what happened that's what the lord wants to do for you I, I, this is not just religious just fluffy stuff this is really the heart of Jesus for you he is really for you he wants to encourage you he wants to tell you that he sees that you've been doing this a long time and you have nothing but but he can speak a single word and it can all change I don't know when I don't know how but I know that he can so I wonder maybe if you could do the same thing that maybe Peter did just run to Jesus. Because he ran to the God of all comfort and the Father of mercies, and he is the God of encouragement still today. So some of you are going to be freaked out a little bit by this, but, but I'm, we're going to do an invitation, not at the end, but in the middle today. 
That's a novel idea, right? So I'm wondering today, do you sense that you have a need of encouragement from the Lord? Like, I need, I need the Lord to encourage me. Well, here's what I want you to do. You don't have to. I'm just offering it to you. But I wonder, would you be brave enough to maybe turn to somebody and say, would you go to this altar and pray that the Lord would encourage me? Would you carry me before the Lord? Would you come with me and pray that God would bless and encourage me, that I would hear from him? Maybe you're not comfortable asking somebody. Maybe you would just say, man, Pastor, I'll come, but would you do that, Pastor? Pastor Justin's gonna come up here with me in just a second, and we're gonna be here, and then if you wanna come to pray that maybe we could just receive some encouragement from the Lord right now, because I don't want to go to point two, which is a lot quicker. I don't want to go there and you miss this opportunity to not be just a hearer, but a doer of the word. Because I got a feeling that you're going to say, well, it's lunchtime and you don't want to come forward because you don't want to hold the process up. You want to get out. So if we're going to do anything today, the biggest thing that we can do is just receive what God has said. He wants to encourage you. So I want to give you that opportunity. So right now, if you need encouragement from the Lord right now, would you just come meet me? Maybe bring a friend. Just come. Maybe you can just sit before the Lord and just say, Lord, speak to my heart. I need to hear from you. So let's do it right now. Let's just pray. Let's just see what happens. told you that would be different anybody receive any encouragement from the Lord anybody Amen. one of my attempts in my preaching is to teach you stuff that you can do at home when can you go to the Lord for encouragement church anytime so if you're feeling discouraged where can you run to and know that you're going to receive encouragement you run to Jesus very quickly very quickly second thing is this you receive encouragement from the Lord freely but then freely give encouragement to one another I know somebody just said this is the most simple sermon I've ever heard in my life praise God it takes hard work to make difficult things simple but I praise God this is simple freely give it think about the story in 1 Samuel chapter 23 story about David and who Jonathan. Remember that story? Well, if you don't, read along with me. Now David became aware that Saul had come out to seek his life while David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horish. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David at Horish and did what? <laughs> Encouraged him in God. Thus, he said to him, don't be afraid because the hand of, my, of Saul, my father, will not find you. And watch this. You think King Charles got coronated? Watch this. And you will be king over Israel and I will be next to you. And my, Saul, my father, knows that also. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. And David stayed at Horus while Jonathan went to his house. So think about with me how, how Jonathan gave encouragement to David. David, as you know, was discouraged because, because King Saul was trying to kill him. 
just a freebie for all of you students in the room here today and really adults. A true friend is one that's going to encourage you in your faith in the Lord. So let me ask you, is that the kind of friends that you're surrounding yourself with? That, that'd be a good question. I would get rid of most of my friends. I would be friends, but the ones that are influencing me that aren't pressing me on to my faith in Christ. Are you really that type of a friend too? That'd be a good question. But, but in this, note, this idea of friendship, we see that, that Jonathan was encouraging David. So, so how did he do it? Well, I've put together a few thoughts. These aren't really clear and lucid like most. This is just coming from my heart to yours. Here's the first draft of this. You do this by helping near ones develop God-inspired plans and then assisting them in reaching them. You can encourage somebody by helping them develop God-inspired plans and then assisting them in reaching them. So you can encourage your spouse, your children, your friends to live productive lives by helping them get with God and find out what God would want for their life. If your near one is goal-oriented, learn what their goals are and then help them succeed. Notice what David said, uh, Jonathan said to David. He said, one day you will be what? You will be king. God-inspired plan, and then he helped him get there. Here's another thing. By listening for discouragement in others, and sharing encouragement with them. Sometimes you need to listen for discouragement so that you can be an encouragement. Jonathan did this to David. He listened for what David was saying and knew that he was discouraged. Maybe you would hear it this way in modern parlance, modern vernacular. People say things like this, well, I'm never going to be able to, or I just can't ever it's no use. Why try? So then when you hear people say that, you can say things like this. Man, it really makes me sad to hear that. I'm, I'm full of compassion for you that you're feeling this way. But you know what? I believe in you and I know that you can do this. Here's a third thing. By doing encouraging actions each day. You know that you have this incredible thing that you carry around with you called a cell phone. It has this powerful ability to call and this powerful ability to text and this powerful ability to email all within the palm of your hand. But some of us still know how to write and there's this thing called physical paper. Just make it something you do every day to encourage somebody with an action of yours that you're just going to say, I'm going to send this text. I'm going to write this email. I'm going to write this card. David did that by just showing up and loving on. I mean, Jonathan did that by just loving on David. Here's something another way by letting others know that you're praying for them. Most people are greatly encouraged by the fact that they know that you're praying for them. Here's something I've learned in 28 years of ministry. I'm not perfect at this, but I get this right more times than I don't. When people say, hey, pastor, could you pray for me? I try to say, well, can we pray right now? There's something powerful about when you do it right now, because most of us, if we're honest, probably don't get around to praying for it later. And if we do, it's three or four or five words. 
Encourage people by, by praying for them. Let them know you're praying for them. And then also spending time together. When, when others are discouraged, have them over for a meal. Invite them to see a movie or to spend the day together. A simple change in routine for a person who's discouraged can really be an encouragement. You believe that? I believe that. So, here we go again. I'm going to have some more music come up on the background because now I want you to hear, I want you to do what you've just heard. So I'm going to apply this to two different kinds of people. We're going to handle one group at a time. So I wonder right now, who that is not in this room, who that you know in your life, in your circle of influence, in your family, whatever, who is it that's not here today? They're not in this room, in this building that needs some encouragement. Who is that? So I wonder right now, could we, we're going to do a couple things. Could you just say, Lord, show me who that is. And then would you be willing just to take out your phone and send them something of an encouraging nature? Some of you say, well, I don't know their phone number. Well, then could you take out a piece of paper? Maybe it's your bulletin. Maybe it's something in your purse. Maybe it's some money from your wallet. I don't know. And you just write down that person's name and then you write down what you're going to say to them verbatim. So that when you get home, you don't forget what the Lord showed you here. And you can do it later. But I think most of you could do it from here. So I want you to pray and say, Lord, who is that? Then I want you to do it. You you, you have freedom. Take out your phone and just send somebody something, an email, a text, a post, to just encourage them or write it down so that you can do it later. So let's pray and let's do that right now. Somebody tell me right now, this is a weird, awkward thing that we're doing because this is kind of church is unusual, right? I believe this is what revival really looks like in a lot of ways. What is it? What do you think it does to the heart of our Father when He sees us doing this to one another? What do you think that does to Him? Somebody tell me. It smiles, pleases Him. He's happy. It encourages Him. You, do you think when the Father looked down on us this morning, He was like, "Man, I sure hope they accomplish my will today." And then when he sees us doing it, doesn't it bring joy to his heart? Now, what do you think the angels are doing because they see what we're doing around the throne right now? Father, you're so holy. Father, you're so worthy. Look what you're doing in the lives of people. Look how you're connecting hearts to hearts. Look how you're removing aloneness. Oh, God, look what you're doing to show your love to people. And they just continue to sing holy forever, right? Now, as I told you before, when you're discouraged and when you see that somebody's discouraged, when can you encourage somebody? (laughs) Anytime you want to. So our band's going to come and we're going to now go into a more formal type of invitation for just a moment. We're going to sing a song and 
we're going to praise the Lord through that. And those people that are normally here, Justin and some others, my wife will be up here, probably maybe a deacon and, and, and his wife will, will come up here to receive you. But I've got a feeling that there are just some other people in the room who just need other things to pray about. Or it, there could be a really good chance that today you are in the house of the Lord and saying, man, if this is what it looks like to be a believer, I want to be one of those. I mean, if this is what it looks like to be a Christ follower and we do this kind of stuff, I'm all in on that. Because remember, didn't Jesus say that they would know we're his disciples by what? The way we love one another. It's kind of how it's supposed to work, right? I don't have to convince anybody in this room that you have sinned before God. That's not my job. I believe that today you already know that. I'm here today to tell you the good news that while you've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and will be forever separated from Him in a, in a place called hell in eternal torment because God is a just God, but there's good news that He sent Jesus to die on a cross for you. Because he loved you, he wants to pay and satisfy his own wrath against your, your sin by giving his own son. That's crazy. That's the way he, he does it. And that you could be forgiven of all your sin, that you could be made right with God, have fellowship with God, have a home in heaven, have abundant life now, and access to, to what we're talking about here today just simply by admitting that you have sinned, that you know you deserve wrath, and that you believe that Jesus died for you, was buried for you, and raised again for you to come into you to forgive you. That, that's, that's what we're talking about. So if that is you here today, we will be down here. And you come and say, hey, listen, I would love to, to whatever you just said, man. There's something going on inside of my heart. I don't know what it is, but I've got to figure this out. We would be glad to talk to you. Or if there's anything else, or if you need to encourage somebody, or if you need to send another text, whatever it is, this few moments while we sing, let's respond to the Lord. I wonder if you would stand with me as I pray. In the name.